If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well then, approximately 862,000 pounds of uncured Italian meats from Fratelli Barella USA are being pulled from store shelves because, yes, you guessed it, they may be contaminated with salmonella. And you see the packages of the charcuterie, charcuterie, I think that's the way you pronounce it. It's the uncured antipasto Italian meats. If you're one of the people who love that stuff, mm, you may want to take it back. Now, it just pertains to the 24-ounce trays containing two 12-ounce packages. So if you have those, you may want to throw it away or here's an idea. Take it back and get your money back. Okay? Just be careful. Just be careful with that nasty, uncured Italian meats. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. And I know it's not all nasty. My wife loves that prosciutto and all that stuff. But a lot of times people eat that raw, which seems to be uh, a problem. Oh, you mean that's the way you eat it? Oh, okay. Never mind. I know the world is still talking about uh, Afghanistan and it's so frustrating. And that's not really what I want to do here on Chewing the Fat. But it's very frustrating and it makes me sick to see what's happened with Afghanistan. Sure, we wanted the war to be over. Sure, we wanted all our people out of there, or at least all the people that wanted to be out of there, out of there. But the way it was done is disgusting. And it should be a crime. It should be a crime in, in and of itself. How this retreat, abandonment, (laughs) depopulation, emptying, leaving, removal, forsaking, whatever you want to call it, it should be a crime for the way it was handled. But, you know, let's relax and get into chewing the fad and speak a little bit about hate crimes. Yesterday, the FBI said that the number of hate crimes in the U.S. rose last year to the highest level in 12 years. The federal agency says over 7,700 hate crimes were reported across the U.S., a 6% increase from the year before, and that assaults targeting black and Asian people drove the uptick. That's Attorney General Merrick Garland says the FBI data does not account for the many hate crimes that go unreported. Wait, what? You mean your, your paperwork doesn't? have information on crimes that are unreported? Does that actually mean that there was a crime? But that uh, could change thanks in part to new legislation. Earlier this year, President President Biden, tough to say, signed the uh, COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act, 
which provides grants to law enforcement agencies to better investigate the incidents and and ordered that the Justice Department prioritize anti-Asian hate crimes. Now, what isn't said in that is that the assaults targeting black and Asian people weren't, they make it appear that it was all done by white supremacists. But we all know that that is not true. On Friday, Sirhan Sirhan, you remember him, the man who killed Bobby Kennedy, uh, Senator Robert F. Kennedy. He was recommended for parole by a California parole board. Yes, he was recommended for parole. Now, he spent 53 years in prison for shooting RFK, and he's applied for parole 15 other times, but number 16 is the magic number as he was recommended for parole. His uh, parole records recommendation apparently is on the desk of Governor Gavin Newsom right now. Uh, according to this, it's unclear if it's going to be approved. Yeah, I, I heard on a show today that he was out, but that has not been reported. What's reported is that he was recommended by the parole board to get parole and that the governor has to approve it. And that has not been approved yet. Two of RFK's surviving sons, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Douglas Kennedy, both supported Sirhan's parole appeal. Douglas said he sees him as a human being worthy of compassion and love. And you know what? I would hope that we all could reach that point in the person who killed our father. I mean, I guess we could we could see him being worthy of compassion and love. That doesn't mean we, he needs to be out of prison for the crime he committed. But six of the other siblings... Uh, revert, urged Newsom to reverse the board's decision. Yeah, he's not out yet. He's there, you know, they're just working on getting him out. And and you can still have, uh, you know, compassion and love for Sirhan Sirhan, the murderer of your father. But that doesn't mean he needs to be out of prison. No, how about you stay where you're at? Another criminal from Yellowstone National Park was sentenced. Yeah, uh, Madeline S. Casey, 26, pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor offense, according to uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, for the District of Wyoming. It uh, seems that criminal prosecution and jail time may seem harsh, but you know what? It's better than spending time in the hospital's burn unit. Yeah, okay. Uh, She and another person left a protective walkway and approached a thermal pool and walked directly on the ground. (laughs) And there are signs nearby that instruct visitors to remain on the boardwalk. Now, it is kind of stupid that you would do that, but if you want to, you know what? You go right ahead. The ground is fragile and thin, and scalding water just below the surface can cause severe and fatal burns. More than 20 people have died from burns suffered after they entered or fell into Yellowstone's hot springs. Wow. A judge, uh, probably, you know, all for the gram, baby. All for the gram. So a judge has ordered Casey to pay $2,040 in fines, fees, and community service, according to the court documents. And her jail time must be served by January 31st of 2022. And she's banned from the park during her two-year probation. How much jail time does she get? Seven days. I'll teach her.
I will teach you. And a bank robbery in Brazil. I don't know if it's real life or a movie. Um, it's amazing what happened and sad. I mean, people were actually uh, injured and uh, killed. But the the Brazilian bank robbers strapped hostages to their getaway cars as human shields. And there were at least 10 cars that were heavily armed with robbers. And they targeted three different banks in the city of Aracatuba. Uh, Aracatuba uh, in Brazil. <laughs> That's a racketuba for you from the South, but a racketuba in Brazil. So another video shows a man, you know, believed to be a hostage standing through the sunroof of one car with his arms in the air and they set bombs off and they had places for bombs to explode at 14 different points throughout the city while they were escaping and they were fitted with sensors so that if someone approached, it would just explode and people did approach and get injured badly when it explodes. So more than 20 people took part in the heist. The criminals used drones to monitor police as the robberies unfolded. The, uh, Aracatuba mayor, uh, said that police were still hunting the robbers. Oh, uh, so they got away. There's no report on how much money they got, but they were forced to stand down because they feared more people would be killed. So, I mean, they've got the city on lockdown and they're still hunting the robbers. So I'm going to be really fascinating to see how much money they got away with, because that is a criminal organization going to work. I mean, you want to talk about a movie? That's it right there. We just call it a Rakatuba. <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready to produce the movie right now. A Rakatuba. And I know it's not funny that they're strapping hostages to the top of cars and standing them up through the sun and moon roofs as uh, shields as they're racing through the cities and they have explosives set up all over the city. They robbed three separate banks in the city, but it is just a fascinating crime. And, uh, I'd be, it had to have been worth a lot of money, right? You don't get that many people involved with that complicated robbery and intimate details of the city and escape routes, unless you're getting a whole lot of money. So it'll just be fascinating to see. I mean, was today payday in Arakatuba? Was the, was the city of these three banks, are they the keepers of, Brazilian money coming in on that day. And that was the only time that they could be robbed and hit when they were that vulnerable with that much cash. I don't know. Be, I can't wait to find out exactly how much cash they did or didn't get away with. So a couple in Singapore, we're sticking with crime, man. It gets my mind off of uh, actual real life. Wait, this is real life stories. Yeah, but it's criminal stories, so it's almost like it's not real. So a couple in Singapore uh, get sentenced to prison for abusing their maid. Now, it seems like what they did to this maid is their punishment should be more than 20 months in prison. And the wife was given four months in jail. It seems like they should uh, have gotten just a, a tad bit more. And by the way, I'm sorry, it was the wife that got 20 months and the hubby that got 
four months in jail. I mean, they hit her with a saucepan. They kicked her in the stomach. They uh, slapped her faces. Uh, they slapped her faces? Yes, she had multiple faces. They slapped her face multiple times <laughs> when the house wasn't cleaned right. They brought her in. They have a nine-month-old little girl. And when housework wasn't uh, to their satisfaction or she failed to complete it, uh, they would pound her forehead with their fist, hit her hand with a metal ruler. Ah, uh, no. Uh, one time she failed to, uh, I guess the laundry was not dry. So they made her wet her clothes and sleep in wet clothes. Uh, I want to laugh, but I know it's not funny. Okay. And one time they made her drink from the toilet. I mean, just horrible. They treated her. They treated her horribly, just terrible. And so the the maid finally uh, gets away, right? So she. There was a time when the couple was attending to the baby on their own, and the maid sneaks out, and she hits the road and she gets help from another Indonesian maid who happened to be passing by. And they went to the police. This was like two, two years ago. Uh, it's been going on for two or three years now. And the, this couple finally goes before a judge and gets 20 months and seven months for treating this maid like crap like that. And, and uh, physically and mentally abusing her seems like it was, uh, not quite as harsh of a punishment as it should have been. Just, uh, just a thought. Just a thought. Sticking with crime? Yeah, we'll stick with crime. R. Kelly trial, still ongoing. Now, remember, R. Kelly has pleaded not guilty to charges of racketeering and eight counts of violating an anti-sex trafficking law. He faces decades in prison if he is convicted. Uh, one person testified this week a couple days ago that R. Kelly used his fame to sexually exploit and groom him and uh, asked uh, he said R. Kelly reportedly asked me what I was willing to do to make my musical aspirations a reality and then he just wanted he engaged in unwanted sexual activity and he just instructed me to call him daddy and recorded their sexual encounters Oh, so you left and got the hell out of there and didn't do anything else, right? Well, no, <laughs> I continued to associate myself with Kelly out of the desire to advance my career. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So I uh, just, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens in the R. Kelly trial. Uh, most people believe that he's already guilty. You see where they busted a bus leaving the United States into Mexico and they found a half a million dollars inside the bus. Really strange. So the commercial bus was carrying $465,755 in unreported U.S. currency. We cannot have that. We cannot have unreported U.S. currency. Okay. Two men were taken into custody as a result. And, you know, good news that the currency was seized. Okay. <laughs> the seizure was made when U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers and Homeland Security investigators uh, were conducting a southbound operation at the Presidio crossing. 
and while processing traffic, a commercial bus was selected for inspection. During the exam, a currency firearms detecting canine alerted to the, hey, 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 this smells like something here. So then the officer scanned the bus using a non-intrusive x-ray system and they saw anomalies in the appearance of a wall behind the restroom. So the officers continued their exam and found 14 currency-filled bundles concealed behind the wall. <laughs> okay. The passengers were processed and released, but the uh, bus drivers, uh, 147 and 168, both citizens of Mexico were arrested. Now remember, there's no limit to the amount of money that travelers may carry when crossing U.S. borders. Right. But federal law requires that travelers report currency or monetary instruments in excess of $10,000 to a CBP officer at the airport, seaport, or land border crossing when entering or leaving the United States. So, right. Just remember, there's no limit. There's no limit. As long as you are, as long as you tell them, Hey, I've got, I've got 400 and what was it? <laughs> don't, don't bother me. I've got $465,755 stuffed behind the bathroom wall on the bus. Don't mind us. Oh, but if you don't tell them, then they get to seize it. And that's good for us. Right? Right. You know, and uh, speaking of our drug enforcement officials, they found another huge drug tunnel. Uh, between the uh, you know Mexico and U.S. border, tunnel extended three feet into the United States when it was detected. It wasn't done yet. They were busy making the tunnel. It was a 183-foot-long dig. Wow. Uh, 22 feet underground and carved a path about four feet high and three feet wide with railroad tracks in it, or at least, you know, tracks, so they could put some kind of, you know, <laughs> hauling device on train wheels to uh, roll it through the tunnels so you're not carrying it down there. So, I mean, they're talking about shutting down uh, these tunnels as a major blow to drug trafficking. But if that's the tunnel they found, how many tunnels are there? I mean, we're, we're saying that with hate crimes, so many go unreported that we just can't, we can't, we can't even think about the number of hate crimes that are out there because so many are unreported. Um, pretty sure that all these drug tunnels are unreported too, but that's just me. I know. <laughs> all right, let's go to the break room. That's enough of crime for now. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. <laughs> And I think I found the last two cases of canned Coca-Cola Zero in the black can. So if you were one of the people that were stranded in the subways on Sunday night in New York, uh, you'll be happy to know that the new governor has now directed the MTA to hire two independent engineering firms to assist in a thorough deep dive of what happened and make recommendations to ensure this does not occur again. So there's going to be an investigation and we're going to find out what the heck happened. And then they're going to recommend what needs to 
happened to make this not happen again. So eight subway lines lost power Sunday night, requiring the MTA and the FDNY to evacuate hundreds of riders after Con Ed lost a feeder and voltage dipped. The MTA tried to back up the system, but experienced unprecedented surge that resulted in the subway losing signalization and communication ability between trains and the control center. (laughs) Now she said, you know, it was unacceptable. This is the new governor speaking. And if you're one of those riders, the system failed you. And so she sent out a press release announcing that the MTA uncovered a sequence of failures that resulted in some backup systems not providing power as designed last night, and also an additional failure to quickly diagnose the underlying cause. So the power went out. They tried. They said, no problem. The power's out. Do the backup. Oh, yeah, the backup didn't work. Um, so, you know, call somebody to figure out what happened. Who do we call? I don't know. Well, let's find out. Nobody know who to call. Everybody's busy smoking cigarettes and taking a break. It's Sunday night, for God's sake. It's not even a busy time for the subway system. So, you know, how many people could be on the subway? Except for those, you know, hundreds of people. (laughs) I I would not want to do that. That would suck. I've written the... You can quote me on that, man. Being stuck in a subway car like that, underneath the dark, no power... Uh, no, thank you. I do not want that. I mean, that's if you, uh, by the way, the new talking, walking dead, uh, podcast is up. If you uh, missed the latest episode, uh, season, uh, season 11, episode number two, uh, just aired and, uh, Jason Buttrell, my son, Maximus and myself, uh, discuss the latest happenings and what the future may hold. But one of the things that uh, happened uh, in that episode was there and the first two episodes there in uh, the subway uh, train lines underground. They're in DC, not in New York, but a lot of the action happens in subway cars and it's, you know, got me thinking about walking dead as I was talking about the subway cars being stuck in the dark underneath New York. That's what happened with walking dead and subway cars under DC. I see where the numbers are out for Walking Dead too, by the way. And they're talking about how the numbers are down for um, Walking Dead, but they're still the number one show on cable. So the, the numbers are down overall for cable viewing on uh, linear TV. But the I told you, we talked about it before. Uh, their streaming platform is, they are cranking out the numbers on the streaming. So they barely care about the cable. (laughs) I mean, they do, obviously they care, but they really, I mean, the numbers are way down. When you look at, I mean, at one point, one season, Walking Dead was up over 14 million people watching their shows, but it's still the number one drama. Don't get me wrong. It's still the number one drama. But there's they're not even close to... They were averaging 14 million a show. And now on cable for this season, it looks like we're averaging um, 3.2 million. Whew. I mean, that's a big drop. But also don't forget they've got between 6 and 10 million viewing on AMC+. 
So there's that going on. Anyway, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, we do that weekly during the season, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. You can just, if you're listening to this, you uh, are already a subscriber and know when it drops. You get an alert. And uh, always, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Instagram and Facebook is Jeff Fisher Radio. I, too, will alert you when something new drops on either show, Chewing the Fat, or Talking Walking Dead. But it's all under the Chewing the Fat heading. Also, the Chewing the Fat YouTube page. I'll alert you when something uh, when something new drops there as well. So you need to subscribe to all of those, and then you'll have a happy little life. Okay? You know, I watched a movie yesterday called Lucky Number Slevin, and I did not and do not remember this movie from 2006. And it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It had Josh Hartnett, Morgan Freeman, Ben Kingsley, Lucy Liu, Stanley Tucci, and Bruce Willis. Why are you kidding me? That is a huge lineup. And it was from 2006. I don't I don't remember it. I don't remember the movie. Now, I, I was up on Stars. Um my wife got a the free 7-day trial of Stars cuz there was a movie that she had never seen that uh, she's got a joke with someone who she had to watch it. There's a whole long story but uh and if you follow her you know it was top gun and the only place to watch top gun for free because we're not buying that movie i'll tell you that uh the only movie the only place to watch it for free was on stars if you get the seven day free trial otherwise you have to you know subscribe to stars and stars really isn't i don't know it doesn't i've i've looked at everything they've got it really isn't worth subscribing to uh but this movie was on stars. So I'm going through stars with our seven day free trial. I might as well see what they have to offer. That's different than one of the things that I already subscribed to. And this is one of them. Lucky number 11. I'm like, I don't remember that. It was pretty good. So if you have the opportunity to, uh, watch, uh, lucky number 11, it's well worth the, uh, criminal watch that they spent like 50 some million on it. And it, uh, the budget was, 27 million. I'm sorry. They didn't spend 50 million. They spent 27 million. And it says here the box office was 56.3 million. But when you talk about the release of it, I don't I don't know that it uh they released it in theaters and it only grossed 7 million. Really weird. But it ultimately earned 22.5 domestically and 33.8 uh, internationally. But then it was released on DVD and Blu-ray. Well, DVD was in 2006 and Blu-ray was 2008. But it's made $26 million in home video sales, almost $27 million. And worldwide, it's made over $83 million. And that doesn't include rentals or Blu-ray. I, it's just, I was, I'm just surprised that this movie did not make any money. But you know what they say. No, you don't. Neither do I. I just, uh, I don't know why I didn't make any money either. Have you ever been invited to, let's say, a wedding and not gone after you said, yeah, I'll be there? And, or have you been, have you had invitations to a wedding and you said, yeah, we'll be there? And then you got a secondary uh, ask with, you're coming, right? And that has started to happen as of late. I've been a part of that. And and they're just trying to make sure under the heading of, we're just trying to make sure that we have enough food for everybody 
and we're not paying for too much food. And so, uh, you know, you either say yes or no. Well, a couple in Chicago now sent out this invoice to people who didn't go to their wedding reception. That's right. Uh, because you didn't call or give us proper notice that you wouldn't be in attendance, uh, this amount is what you owe us for paying for your seats in advance. <laughs> 240 bucks. They got the invoice of $240. Nice. So I say nice. Uh, good luck getting that money. They gave uh, different ways, uh, multiple ways that you can pay, and you can reach out to them to let them know which method of payment works best for you. A lot of people had fun with it, uh, talking about, uh, you know, how uh, I wish I'd have thought of this. Uh, we had a third of our people who RSVP to our wedding didn't show up. We paid for a lot of food that went to waste, but it was 120 a plate. Well, I mean, 240 plate. That's a, you know, that's a nice wedding, I guess. So uh, a lot of people were saying, I know I would have sent it back. LOL. Really? All right. You're going to sever a relationship over something petty like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said you were going to come and then you didn't show up and we paid all this money and now we're out all this money. And it isn't just one person at 240 bucks. It was multiple people. I don't, know how many people got the blast and I doubt that they're going to get paid. It's probably more for fun with their friends than anything else. So if the people were to call and say, dude or dudette, what are you doing? What, what do you mean? Is this for real? And it's like, probably not for real. It's more like, we just thought you needed to know, man, you cost us some money. We really wish you were there. Wish you'd have been there. And Christmas is just around the corner. Make sure you buy me a knife gift. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, uh, the wife is pregnant now, so we're probably going to have a baby shower pretty soon. So you could send a really nice gift with that extra 240 bucks. Okay. All right. Good. Nice talking to you. Take care. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So under the COVID heading, I see where Australia is getting all the news saying that, yeah, we're going to end this lockdown. Uh, we can't do this. And this current course of action, not a sustainable way to live in this country. Really? Because you said you're going to end your COVID zero policy. That's what the prime minister said, because, you know, it's not a sustainable way to face and the nation is just... We're in trouble with this COVID locked COVID nineteen Delta variant, so we've got to lock down and stamp out this outbreak. But it's just not a way to live, so we're just going to stop it. Well, we're not really going to stop it until eighty percent of the adults in Australia are vaccinated, and you know that's probably going to happen by the first of the year, maybe. So just get out there and get vaccinated, and if you get vaccinated, and we get eighty percent. Then we'll stop our zero 
our COVID zero policy. And that will end unless we get, you know, other things happening with those circuit breakers, as we like to call them. So when there's detected cases, well, then we're going to revert back to lockdowns, of course. <laughs> so it's kind of a not really ending the policy. I'm just saying. They're just saying, yeah, we're getting a lot of bad press for this, so we're going to say we're going to end it, and we will end our COVID zero policy when 80% of the people are vaccinated. And then that's going to happen probably in four, five months, maybe. So get out there and get vaccinated. And then once we get everybody you know, vaccinated, then if the cases start building back up again, you know, we do have circuit breakers put into place that will, you know, go ahead and kick some of the lockdowns back in again. But that's it. We're ending the policy. That almost doesn't sound like you are. Did you see where they've got a new website out, uh, this novaxmandate.org? And it's a website where you can go and learn about jobs and apply for jobs that don't have the vaccine mandate. Right now, you know, on the surface, that sounds like a good thing, and it is a good thing. I'm not saying anything's wrong with being able to work without the vaccine. You absolutely should be able to work, and it's crazy that people are being mandated into it. However, uh, I, this is a, the only thing that makes me worried is that I don't know that these companies are going to be able to withstand the pressure that's going to come on them from the uh, vaccine mandators. They're going to be all over these companies. I hope they're ready for it because I'm with you. I believe uh, this website shouldn't even have to exist. should be your choice, period. And it is technically your choice. You just can't work places if you don't make the choice we want you to make. But it's just, uh, I feel a little concerned about these companies that are going out on a ledge, good for them, saying we don't... Uh, we don't mandate vaccines and we're looking for people to work for us and you can apply here if you're not vaccinated. But man, that's going to bring on some serious pressure on these people. And here we go again. Uh, one day uh, ivermectin good, the next day ivermectin bad, and we have doctors. This one doctor, this one doctor in Arkansas prescribed ivermectin to thousands of patients. Well, he prescribed it thousands of times. It could have been, you know, multiple times to one patient. So it may not have been thousands of patients, but it probably was thousands of patients, including, huh, get this. This is what kind of horrible doctor he is. And get this. He prescribed ivermectin to inmates at an Arkansas County jail. How dare he? And he did this uh, knowing that the FDA does not approve of the use of uh, ivermectin to address the coronavirus. Now, sure, it's been approved for use by people and animals, but it's used to treat parasitic infections primarily in livestock. Well, yeah, that's why you're not a cow. You're not a horse. Hello. So (laughs) uh, guess what? It is, uh, you can use it on humans. But, you know, that's part of the problem, though. I was actually talking to a uh, 
medical professional today, and he was telling me that uh, one of the problems with the ivermectin and the uh, hydroxychloroquine is there's no set dose for, you know, no set parameters in which to go by for, you know, what this, you know, what's being prescribed by these doctors. So doctors that are prescribing it are finding a set protocol that they like and that appears to work on most, if not all the people they're prescribing to, and they're going with that. But there are no set guidelines. So if you go outside of those guidelines, you know, without the FDA approval, then it's on you, right? And of course, you can't have that. Uh, there's no way, not in today's world, there's no way. And, you know, the FDA, uh, there's side effects, uh, skin rashes and nausea and vomiting. Yeah, well, there's side effects to all your drugs, aren't there, FDA? And we know we're not a horse and we know we're not a cow. I don't plan on taking the dosage from ivermectin for the size of a cow, okay? I know that sometimes I am, or at least I certainly feel like the size of a cow, but I'm not one. I know that. But that's part of the problem that is happening with the medical professionals is that they, they're doing it, and so many are doing it and having success with it, but their protocols and their guidelines aren't set by anything other than themselves. So they're having to go, it's kind of like their own personal studies, finding those guidelines. So, you know, I would say if you could get the hydroxychloroquine or the ivermectin, with someone who is prescribing it for humans and the protocols, if you want to, that's what you're going to need to do. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, you've got definitely zinc and D and C, uh, vitamins to, uh, you know, up the dosages on that and try to stay as healthy as you can. Right. I just, I, I know, I know. So nobody, you know, they, for some reason are hating anyone who believes that something other then the vaccine can make you better is bad. And I'm not quite sure I get it. The Las Vegas, I do get it, believe me. Uh, there's a Las Vegas store now that's going to go ahead and require proof of horse photo <laughs> to deter customers seeking ivermectin for COVID-19. So you can get the ivermectin at the feed stores and you can, you know, obviously lessen the dose that you would give your horse to you, but uh, you're going to have to have proof. And this is probably coming to all feed stores now. Or well, you're going to have to prove that you've got a horse. Okay. And maybe you show them a picture of uh, Camilla and uh, you're good to go. Uh, so, I uh, think you know, Prince Charles is good to go no matter what. I know, stupid joke. And speaking of the uh, vaccine mandators, the uh, there's a TikTok video making the rounds from Science and Reason at Science and Reason, and it shows this guy complaining about his ex-wife and their child, and it starts off with him saying, uh, "Holy crap! Holy crap! Holy crap!" Only he uses the other word for crap. And uh, as I'm listening to it, and he takes a beating online with the comments, and it's had you know, hundreds of thousands, if not uh, close to a million views now. And I don't know that it's real. I don't know that it's real. He's got uh, Christmas lights hanging on the wall around the window and up above the window in his apartment. And it's very possible that he could use those for lights. I don't blame him. He's probably, you know, he's divorced. He's got no money. But uh, what he talks about 
and the safety and security of his kids, I, I don't know that it's real. But here you go, science and reason. As a lot of you know, I have a five-year-old son who is with his uh, mother, my ex-wife, and her entire family five days a week while he goes to school in her district. Also, as many of you know, she and her family are all anti-vax, oh anti-mask. Guess what she admitted to while I was recording in my car. Oh my gosh. Property. I asked her point blank. Are you COVID vaccinated? She said, no. I said, do you plan to be? And she said, maybe, I don't know. She said, maybe, I don't know. I now have hard proof of her admitting she is not COVID vaccinated around my son and takes no precautions whatsoever. And I can subpoena video of her being in stores unvaccinated with no mask with my child. I don't know for sure, but I think this could really help my case. <laughs> yeah, I think it could too. I'm not positive about that, but I think it could help your case too. Uh, it could help her case as to why she's divorced and has the kids. I know that. So news from Maersk, M-A-E-R-S-K, we've talked about them before, the world's largest container shipping company, is placing a $1.4 billion order for eight new ships that run on carbon-neutral fuel. We'll see how that works out. It's the single largest step taken so far to decarbonize the global shipping industry which I guess is important because container ships uh, are major contributors to climate change. <laughs> I mean, they account for 3% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Those bastards. The new ships are expected to be delivered by 2024 and are more electric uh, F-150s than, uh, you know, Nissan Leaf. So they are they're going to have the ability to handle 16,000 containers. They're going to be a little bit smaller than the Ever Given. You remember the ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. The only problem is is that um, it only takes 10,000 Tesla S85 batteries every day to power one of these ships. So hopefully this uh, carbon neutral methanol, which is produced from renewable sources like biomass, will work better than, you know, plugging in 10,000 Tesla batteries every day. <laughs> so other low carbon fuel options, you've got ammonia, hydrogen, liquefied natural gas, Nuclear energy, though each has pros and cons, duh. Uh, commodities traders Cargill is even adding sales to some of its cargo ships to get a wind boost. I mean, we're going backwards. My gosh, what are we doing? We're going. It's really kind of ridiculous. And uh, the company that sends goods across the oceans, uh, they're feeling pressure from consumers to give the supply chains a green paint job. Not from the, from me as a consumer. They're not feeling pressure from me. 
They may be feeling pressure from governments, but not the consumers. I think that's uh, I think that's printed wrong. Uh, you may want to reprint that because consumers could give a flying crap how their product gets here. Just get it here, okay? So I guess if you want to put sales on your ship, you go ahead. You go right ahead. So more than half of the Marsk ships, uh, including Disney, Amazon, have pledged to reduce carbon emissions in their supply chains, and they're in the process of doing it. So excellent, excellent. The new ships are going to cost 10 to 15% above traditional prices. So, hey, uh, everybody's willing to pay more, right, to pollute less? No, no, they're not. The prices are going to go up and people are going to be pissed. And it's going to be because you because you put sails on your freaking ships instead of just putting it on a ship that burns a little fuel and gets it here. I can't. We are. We are just doomed. And they're going to be raising prices. And yet we're already getting zero emission cargo ships with no crews uh, being put into the ocean. So the prices are going to go up because of the cost of the ships, but nobody's going to be working on the ships. So that's good, right? Uh, There's a Norwegian company that's created the zero emission autonomous cargo ship. That is great. So this is going to be out there on the water, you know, drone ships sailing around and uh, delivering goods and services. So that's good. As long as they're green. As long as they reduce greenhouse gases, uh, consumers don't care, right? Right. And I think I know why other countries don't like us. I was scrolling through one of my social media accounts. I think it was Twitter. Uh, yeah, because it was at fact uh, that I follow. And uh, they had a tweet that, you know, obviously from at fact. And I was like, as I saw the tweet, I'm like, so, uh, as long as they, you know, so what? So this, and that's, and then I realized that's why other countries don't like us. So the tweet is more than a thousand different languages are spoken on the continent of Africa. And that's good to know, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of a cool little fact to know. But as an American and as someone who speaks English, um, so that's great. If one of them is English, the rest don't matter. (laughs) I think, and uh, just a guess here on my part, that's probably why other countries don't like us. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.